Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. This week we're talking to Shadow's Edge. Shadow's Edge is a good old-fashioned rock and roll band right here in Gaston County. And they have a song they're going to share with us right now that the group is named after. Ladies and gentlemen, Shadow's Edge.
right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Shadow's Edge by Shadow's Edge. How are we doing today, guys? All right, we're doing all right. Thanks for having us here. We have Sarah, Mark, and Daniel in the studio of Shadow's Edge, and I'd be remiss not to mention we have a guest host today. Tell everyone your name, Mr. Pendergraft. I am Mr. Pendergraft. I'm Joshua Pendergraft. I'm here going to be uh, helping Michael out with some questions and Trying to stump the band the best we can. Oh my God. Josh is filling in for our host, Cody, with a K, because Cody got himself a gig. He is going to be in an upcoming production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest wow. cool. at cool. the Little Theater of Gastonia. So, cool. so we want to give lots of love to our host, Cody, and wish him luck with his, uh, with his new venture. And Josh, uh, hopefully, Cody, you'll, you'll be happy with Josh's performance. I hope so, too. <laughs> So let's get let's get right to it. Uh, Shadow's Edge, what a great name for a rock band. How how did that name come about? So, the name came about um, actually from that song that was just played. That was uh, a song that's been hanging around in various incantations of the band going back to about the late '80s. And at one point, uh, probably about the mid '90s, we're kind of kicking around the song title, kind of kicking around names for bands, and just looked at that song and. Uh, saw you know how powerful that song was at that moment decided well that's what the band name is going to be so that's where that came from so can i ask what were the band names before shadow's edge so before that in the in the mid 80s uh started out as resistance okay uh resistance was an 80s uh 80s flare um uh, rock rock band yeah we still had our, our originals some of our originals are from that. Some of our originals are from that time, yeah. and then morphed into a uh, hardcore punk band called Domestic Violence. Which, All right, which doesn't work anymore. <laughs> which doesn't work anymore. No, but you it can't was, do it that. was around no. for about. It was. We were around for about six months. Matter of fact, I have a guitar with a with a sticker from that band still on there. Is we it did. fair to say domestic violence has been canceled? Yes. I think yes. domestic violence has been yes. canceled. Yeah, and then I, there was a there was a gap. Um, I was in the service from 89 to 94, so I was kind of doing my own thing with a with a four-track tape deck and a drum machine. And after I got out in 94, then got got started getting uh, music back together, and that's where Shadow's Edge was born. Um, and the current incantation of the band started about 2009. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the current incantation. We're talking about Daniel here. How did uh, how did you guys meet Daniel? Oh, I met Daniel online because I'm a nerd. And he's a nerd. Yes. And I role played online, and I met him role playing online, and I hosted a game for six years, of a, a single campaign going on for. Six I, I need years. to know more about this. When you say bad. you role played <laughs> online, I, I have to know. It's Vampire the Masquerade, which is like Dungeons and Dragons. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Dun- Dungeons and Dragons for goth. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Josh, do you know about this? I've never heard of this. Yeah. No. He's lying. He's li- no. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you, Josh. I don't believe me either. <laughs> but it was back that on... sounded too innocent. Back on AOL, back when it was the only way to get online in the in the 90s. And oh, wow, the dial-up. Yeah, dial-up days. Oh, man. The, you know, the kids kids will never know. No, no. <laughs> I played it for my, my 16-year-old son uh, not that long ago, and he was like, that is the most god-awful noise I've ever heard in my life. I'm like... <laughs> You had to listen to it every day if you wanted to talk to folk or do anything online. Yeah, and, so uh, I met him when he was 16. Yeah. Mm. Online, playing the game. And we've just remained friends all these years. And we, when we were looking to come down here, you know, he's like, oh, come live in Gastonia. And I'm like, okay. Well, so you came down <laughs> here from 
you know, Virginia, we're from Virginia, Richmond, Virginia area. Now, were you guys playing as a band in Richmond? Mm-hmm. We were playing as a band. Uh, we we found that the Richmond the Richmond Virginia scene for independent bands was very tough to get into. Uh, we we were able to do one show as a benefit show. Um, we had a hard time getting into the local bars. Uh, we actually never did. We actually yeah, if, only our if performances. You're not in, you're not in, yeah, period, we were not in the in crowd, if you will. Quote. I've heard that it. about s- certain scenes. In it the was kind of. Oh. It was. It would seem to be very difficult. We we couldn't figure it out. Um, so we did two shows during our time in Virginia. What we we did travel back to Illinois to do a Special Olympics benefit, um, which we, did, we had done in for. Good Correct. for you. Yeah, for, for you. how many yeah, years? Yeah, we, we did the, we did nine years worth of Special yeah. Olympics benefits um, out uh, up in Illinois, and we did one show um, in down in Richmond. But other than that, it, at at the time, it was just Sarah and myself, you know, in the house uh, recording whenever we could, uh, playing whenever we could, uh, just kind of setting up the gear in the house and just you know and just going at it, just you know, rock and roll either over headphones or live when we could. Trying to get Daniel to come up. <laughs> trying their uh, hardest to, yeah. to do it. I managed to make it up there one time for uh, a weekend to kind of stay and, and hang out. But the the weather, the, the weather away. gods, yeah, the weather gods <laughs> were were very unkind at that point in time of the year. It, it just was really wasn't hot. possible. Yeah, it was super hot. And he's like, "You're not playing the garage. There's no AC. <laughs> just no." And then luck just kind of happened where Mark's work. Uh, was was looking to fill a hole that they had down this way, and you know I was like, dude, if you take that, let me know. I'll just plug you into some areas. I will take you looking at some places to live. And it, like I said, luck, luck had it. You know, I like yeah. literally my oldest friend down oh. here, and my new and my newest one of my newer friends that I met through her after they got together. Uh, you know, down here hanging out. It's yeah. great. Now, were you two together? Yeah, we're married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so were you together? <laughs> I was going to ask, did y'all meet in Illinois, or did we you meet met in high school? In high school, yeah. high school sweethearts. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we were we were friends back in the eighties, and actually, Sarah sang in one of the versions of the band that we had at that time. The resistance, yeah. At, in in the in the version that was called Resistance at that time, um, we went our separate ways. Uh, Sarah's a class ahead of mine, so she graduated. She went her, she went her way. I went my way. Um, we got back together many, many years later, and you know, here we are. Awesome. Yeah. A true love story. Almost nine years. Uh, coming, going to be coming up on yeah. next year. Will be ten. Next year will be ten. Next year will be ten. No. Yes. <laughs> I have proof. This is my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love them to death. They're Between like, this like, and movie quotes, this is yeah, my this life. is yeah, this is it. Like they're two, two my oldest friends, and I, I now I get to you know we get to zoom zoom. Literally, your two oldest friends. This is also true, but yeah, um, I just, I just, I had, to, I got a kid. I got, I was out of music. I was out. I had a kid. I had a family. I had work responsibilities, um, and I, I had to I make a choice, that. and the choice was family, obviously. Obviously, yes. And then um, I'd been out for fourteen years. I hadn't touched. I hadn't touched a bass. Nothing. Not. Were you able to pick it back up and jump right back in? A little bit, yeah. Um, it. it Doing the song that we first did together as us kind of helped. We did, we covered uh, "Rebel Yell" by Billy Idol, which is well, who doesn't love that song? Yeah, who doesn't love yeah. that song? And uh, they convinced me to even sing a little bit on the song. I'm not a singer, <laughs> so you sing uh, on two songs. Though. I sing on two songs. Yeah, they convinced me to sing uh, another song. So we 
yeah, they got they got me back in, got and kind of reignited reignited it for me, which was strange because you didn't realize that you didn't that love never goes away. Yeah, but you, you you don't realize you're missing it until something happens, and then yeah, and it's good now. So you know. Now that you've been in the Charlotte Gastonia area for a little while, what would you say is probably the biggest difference from the the Virginia scene or even the Illinois scene? So. From what I, the, the Illinois scene was more accepting. It, it was more accepting. However, they did expect they did expect us to contribute. You know, you have to sell X number of tickets. You have to you have to contribute X number of dollars in order to be able to play Virginia. For the time that we were there, from what I found, just there wasn't anyone that was really interested in new um, new folks coming in. I mean, we tried the same music. Um, we were we were told. Actually, we went into this place, and we said, do you do live music? And they said, my schedule is full. We don't want anybody new. Yeah, it was oh, like, wow. In Virginia? Without, without, yeah. even a chan- without even a chance to show <laughs> any kind of demos, like, don't call us, we'll call you. No, you know, yeah, Got to put the quotes wow. around that, but that's where, it was easier for us to get a gig up in Illinois. Okay, and, and you found that, that in Charlotte, or the Gastonia area in particular, has been more accepting than, than what you experienced up there in Virginia? We haven't played here yet. Okay. Because when we got him up to speed, COVID hit. And oh. That's yeah, it. Co- COVID's really taken a damper on a lot of things. Co- COVID's, like, I'll yeah. just say, to- COVID has taken a big, huge shit on the entertainment industry. Yeah. Sure. All sure. together. On all levels. It, it really yeah. has. I'm dying to go to a show. Like, uh, Me and you both, brother. Movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm dying for a concert, man. Well, I think you guys are going to have a much better experience here as things open up. I I like what you said about the Illinois scene, how, you know, you have to contribute. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked a lot on this show about building a community of artists and and an audience with the rooster. And, you know, part, part of what I've told every band that's come on the show and every band that I've talked to since we started this was, you know, we're going to work as hard as we possibly can to promote every show we book. Our expectation is that you do the same. And the bands that are able to put people in the rooster to get people to come to there, the people that sell the tickets, those are the bands that will keep coming back. You know, there, there's you know, there's a lot of bands out there who, who you know, they, might, they may be great musicians. They may have wonderful music, but if they don't want to promote a show, you know, y- y- that's part of the work. And and I and I like that you guys are willing to put in that work. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. tenacious. <laughs> oh, she's insane. She's nuts. He knows. We love her. He, crazy. Do you know how many emails he he's mar- gotten? He married her. I've known her most of my adult life. She's crazy, but she does. She gets it done, man. She really does. And she's if if we're passionate about it, like she's astronomically. So when it's time to go do a show, do you have enough original material to, to just <laughs> do your own stuff, or oh, yeah. do you still you know, like to pepper large, in? We have a large catalog of our own stuff. We just released Rainfire on Easter. I um, think now would be a good time to talk about where to hear your music. If people wanted to hear more Django. Shadow's Edge. Django.com. Yeah, Django.com, the, the band name Shadow's Edge with the apostrophe in it. Um, we we contribute to Django uh, right. the play credit so that people can listen to it. So we pay so you can hear it. Yeah, we're all, we're all about allowing yeah. you know anyone who's out there who wants to listen by all means please listen to it. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, listen to it more. Then you'll like it. Um, <laughs> please. You know, we're, Does we're, it grow on you? 
Yeah, it does. It does. It, it really does. We, we have songs that, that have, I mean, it got real slow for a while, and then all of a sudden, it just took off. And yeah. it's, when it takes off really hard, it's very expensive. Yeah, we're somewhere, we're, we get somewhere between 200 to 300 plays per day. On, That's on, fantastic. On Django.com. Yeah. Now, not everybody likes the song. To, to be fair, you know, there's people that listen, and that's it, and that's fine. Um, but it's about 250 or 300 plays a day. It, it, it's the pattern is weird. It kind of slows down a bit over the weekend, which might be the way Django does. You know, their their play their, credits, etc. And their algorithm. Now, are you exclusive to Django? Like, if you uh, wanted to, could you go to Bandcamp or SoundCloud and? Uh, and we are. Anything? We do have music on iTunes. However, uh, that's that's not free. But the, o- the only f- the only free streaming source that we, we have. have we do have Spotify. Um, I think there's some um, one of the two. There's some cost involved with that. Okay. The, the truly free one is Django. Gotcha. Yeah. So it doesn't cost the listener anything. Right. It just costs us money. And it's commercial free to the listener. It is commercial it is free. It is commercial free. So with Django, you go on, you you listen to our music, and they'll play music from us, and then they'll play music from other bands. And depending upon um, what your tastes are, so the so the listener can decide what they want to listen to, and they'll they'll get more or less of Shadow's Edge in and amongst their. It's a very interesting concept. I, yeah. I hadn't heard of Django until I was research, researching you guys, and I'm intrigued. It's pretty cool. Well, like you, the, I, she said that. Well, our music's on Django, and I rem- I distinctly remember saying, "What is Django?" You know, because I'm I'm a Pandora. I grew up with Pandora. I mean, Spotify gave them all my albums and real stuff like that. But I was like, Django, never heard of it. Yeah. Does anyone remember me. Milk Music? No. No, I don't. <laughs> the only one. I remember the LimeWire, but yeah. I don't remember. I the remember LimeWire. Lime yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's for your computer. <laughs> Download LimeWire and Kazaa. Well, milk music was cool because you could like, like you know how with with Pandora you can play you know such and such radios, and with Pandora they let you shuffle channels, and what milk music would do was it would let you pick you know ever how many channels you wanted to, and then it had this this like almost like a pie chart thing where you could move the cursor to where let's say you had eight bands around the edge of the circle. You could move the the cursor to get like more of this, of, of this one and that one, and where you drop that cursor would determine how much of this particular type of artist's music you would get. And Interesting. It was a really cool concept, but it, it just got swallowed up with all the Pandoras well, and the Spotify. That's kind of what Django does. That's kind of what Django does. Yeah. Django does that. There's an option on there where you can increase your variety to where it's like us, and then thirty other bands, and then maybe another one of our songs, or you can dial it back and it's us, a band or two, or something else, another one of us. I've had it. I've actually had it play and go three or four songs and hear one or two of ours and two or three other songs from somebody else and come back back to us. I was like, that's kind of neat. I've never seen that. Well, I'm going to check out Django and I encourage our audience to do the same. Yeah. Check out Django.com. Give yeah, Shadows yeah. Edge a listen and check them out. And my biggest bugaboo about Pandora is the other day. Perfect example. You know, big announcement came this week. Mudvayne is back together. All right. I don't know who else cares, but I really care about that. I love Mudvayne. I I heard it was good news. Yeah, I saw that news, and I went straight to Pandora and pulled up Mudvayne Radio. It played a Mudvayne song, a couple other songs, another Mudvayne song. I didn't hear Mudvayne for like an hour and a half after that. Wow. And that happens all the time on Pandora, and it drives me insane. 
Pandora's bad about that. They want to give you a little piece of what you're here for, yeah. and then they want to just completely wipe that away. And like, oh, you like Mudvayne? You might like these 40 other bands. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, <laughs> give, you, let's I, give you these other bands to listen to for a minute before we bring it on back to Mudvayne. Yeah. And I, I know that experience, too, because I've built a couple of stations way after the fact, but I've been using Pandora since it was the only option. Yeah. When it was just a website. There was yeah. no apps, no nothing, no smartphones. So same been, here. I have the same station I've been playing for years. I can't count. I'm 14 years old at the most. Back when it was, like I said, before it was even a, a anything other than a streaming site. And even then, it's, okay, it goes way over here. And you're like, whoa, whoa, no, come back. Because that's not the direction I wanted to go. All right, let's stop bitching about streaming services okay. and let's talk more about Shadows Edge's music. Talk about how you guys are. You said that some of this stuff's been around since the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've updated it though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obviously. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. So, so when you guys write music, is it just the two of you writing these songs? Like, how, how does it come about? Tell me how Shadows Edge crafts a song. So, what we've what we found works best is we'll work on, there will be riffs laying around. Um, either Daniel will have a riff laying around, and actually that's how our latest single, Rainfire, came about. He was actually kind of noodling on the bass during a rehearsal, and I was doing something, and I kind of perked up and said, hey, what's that? We need to do something with that. And then we started messing around with it. We'd come up with a guitar part. I start stamping my feet, and the drum kit's downstairs, so I, I have to pre-record that. To be, it's just the three of us at this point, so the drums always have to be pre-recorded or programmed at some point. Um, but I already kind of had a beat in my mind, and then Sarah comes up with, "Hey, I've got this. I've got these lyrics that I can that I can put to that." Or well, Rayfire, I wrote on the way home from Chicago. She did. She did. We had the music already, and she kind of wrote the lyrics on the way home, listening to the to the backing tracks that we'd already recorded. Or we'll, you know, just the three of us will sit around and say, hey, that sounds pretty good. Let's do something with it. That, that's kind of how the music comes about. Is You'll have a, just somebody will have a riff. Sarah will have something. Daniel will have something. I'll have something. And it, if we if we have a good feel behind it, and we're like, well, okay, we need to do something with, something with it. So let's, let's get the gear out. Let's start recording. So yeah. is that something that you find is pretty typical that the music tends to come before the lyrics? Uh, from, no, I have like. <laughs> in some cases, the lyrics do have, have, and have come yeah, before the we, music. Okay. Now, Sarah, when you write lyrics, do you have a melody in your head, or oh, yeah. are you just uh, so? Yeah, you're coming to the table with like, Everything. I wrote this. This is neat, what it needs to sound like. Write it. Yeah. yeah. Get a lot of singing in the shower. <laughs> Pardon? Do we get a lot of singing in the shower? No, actually, not we don't. really. No. We get a lot of bass it's, noodling it, it's in the in shower here. then, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, it's all in here. There you go. And you know, it, it's funny because it's not my voice that I hear. <laughs> singing. Whose singing voice with, is it? I, it depends. Different artists. Want that <laughs> yeah, we just I, let's open this door. <laughs> so I've come up. I've come up with there, there's at least one song that started as nothing but a drum track, and we're sitting around. Um, my, we were sitting around. This was uh, this was guillotine. So we're sitting oh. around at my mom's house in in Minnesota, and just we're. It's snowing, it's cold, can't go outside, there's nothing to do, and I just start tapping my feet, and that morphed itself. That That's the only piece of the song that existed at that moment, and within six months, that actually became, um, it, it became a, what I consider to be a pretty good blues track, but that was the only thing that existed, 
at that point. It just it, some songs get built around the drum track. Uh, you guys are real musicians. You're you're taking pieces from everyday life. It, you know, you, you're you're doing it the way that you're supposed to. You know, something comes to you and you craft it. You're not forcing it. At least that's what I'm hearing is that you're not forcing anything. You're letting no. the the songs develop in your head and and together and that kind of thing. Now, if you're writing all the drums and you're doing all the lead, uh, who's playing drums? Like, how, how do you get someone to to play drums? Like when we book you for a show, are are we going to Craigslist for a drummer? No, or? no not at all. So we the, have it all through. Uh, yeah, so the way that works is all the drums are either, on, like on Shadow's Edge, which we heard earlier, um, that was a MIDI programmed uh, drum track through a Boss DR5, which I don't, I no longer own, but I still have the track for it. So that's what we would use for that song. For our newest track, Rainfire, I just went down to the basement, triangle mic'd it, and we did an actual drum track. So all of those, there will always be a drum track behind us at one point or another. Drummers are tough, man. It's really hard to, to keep a drummer. Uh, it's, it's hard to find a good one and hard to keep a good one. And, and, and we don't have room. Yes. And That's a my, recurring uh, theme on this show, by the way. Yeah, from my perspective as a, as a drummer, it's, very, it's a very expensive habit because yeah. the drums have to stay in a separate room. If I want to record it, it's three mics and a whole bunch of gear. So, um, yeah, it's a challenge for us. There's a certain level of ADD that goes to being with a drummer. Sometimes it's detrimental to a band. Uh, having been in a few of them in the past, that was one of that's one of your issues. Is you run into a drummer and they're amazing, flat out some of the best person you ever heard smack a guitar. I mean, they are just they don't mess you with the rest of the band for reasons. It happens, um, but they're so good you try and work through it, and sometimes it doesn't work. So yeah, that I, I was just I was gonna say earlier that's a recurring theme on this show is. Drummers are like the biggest challenge for most bands. It's, you know, it's it's tough. It's you know, I don't know what it is about drummers, man. They're, it's hard to find a drummer and st- and stick with a band. Yeah, we've never been able to find a drummer, but he plays drums. He does keyboards. He does drums. I I. I That's a lot of talent coming out of such a little guy, man. Yeah. Where'd you? How'd you learn how to play all these instruments? Did you grow up in a musical family? Um, I really, I actually really didn't. Um, I, I started out in, in grade school with, with piano because that's what all of my all of my schoolmates were doing. So we, we went and played piano. My mom paid for those lessons, and I didn't do very well at it. We didn't have a piano at home. And then it was violin in fourth grade, and I didn't do very well at that either. I, I just, it, it, it was in fourth grade, I got tired of it very quickly. Um, a few years later... I really? Did, at nine years old, you weren't into the violin? No, I really wasn't. <laughs> was, it didn't work out so well, especially it, especially when they were having us play things that I wasn't listening to at the time. Um, and then I went through clarinet, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and I was okay at the clarinet. However, that didn't, again, that didn't stick. And then when I got into high school, I saw what was going on in the 80s with everybody, all these guys playing guitar, and I went, I went to my mom, and I said, this is what I want to do. And she looked me square in the eye, and I, I love her for it. She said, you have a job, you pay for it. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I started, so I picked up the guitar, and I've stuck with it all since 1985. And along the way, I picked up, I picked up bass. I picked up drums. Um, just I, I, It was cool. It was something I wanted to do. So I just said, okay, I'll grab a set of sticks, and I kind of teach myself. And you know, the keyboard... Sarah says I play keyboard. I can play a few chords here and there and, and maybe a few random notes, but I'm not really a keyboard player, primarily guitar. 
Yeah, nothing beats getting on that axe and just rocking out. He does. Phantom Encounter is an all um, musical piece with no words to it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And a lot of what we do when when we make music, I'll check with them if I do a song and I'm like, does this sound like anything that's out there? Am I copying any sound that's out there? And we'll go through. We have a very, very eclectic taste in music. Um, we'll go through and, and try to think if there's anything else that sounds like that. I don't want to copy off of people. I, I, it's, well, I mean, we it's original, it's really it's, it's really hard to be original nowadays. Because, I mean, yeah. pretty much everything's been said and everything's been written, you know. I mean, you look at popular music today, how many hit songs are sampling See, older songs, you know. I'm just, I'm yeah. making a point that, right. like, so, it's so hard to be original. And even with rock music nowadays, you know, the most popular rock bands that are out there, they're bringing in all different types. They're bringing in, you know, symphonics. They're bringing in a lot of electronica. Right. Which, you know, some of it's good, some of it's terrible, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I get it. Like, yeah. everyone's trying to be original. It's really hard to do these days. It is. It, it, we've got stacks of layers mm. that have, don't have music. You yet. said you have eclectic taste. I'd like to hear about some of your influences. What what motivated you to pick up an instrument or to pick up a microphone and start singing and playing? Who's, who, who do we who do we thank for, for you becoming musicians? Uh, Daniel? We're going to start with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, put me on the spot. No, um, you can thank Flea. Hell um, yeah. You can thank Primus. You can thank Getty Lee. Um, I grew up listening to Priest and Rush and Zeppelin and Sabbath and then Metallica and Def Leppard was my stuff when I was a kid. Oh. Like, I, I, like Def Leppard, like the Hysteria album was... Yeah the anthem of my childhood as in and to yeah. be the age that I am now you people are like no way no it, it's being able to, to see them live when I got to see them live when I was 13 years old is still a highlight of my wow life. you got to see them back then I yes. got to see them with Journey back in like the early 2000s that was with yeah. the new singer this was back in the early 90s nice yeah, but it was in Charlotte at Blockbuster uh, and cheers to anybody that remembers gonna say throwback yeah yeah right? cuts. um cheers to anybody that remembers blockbuster yeah this, that's <laughs> true right but i um I, I just heard this music rock music and and rock and alternative and grunge was getting big and i'm hearing like alice in chains and mm -hmm. stuff like that and i'm like this is awesome i'm watching these videos on mtv going this is great like I, I, this is cool i see live stuff and live stuff kills me yeah. And I got to see live bands for real for the first time. I'm like, I want to do that. I told my mom, I was like, I, I'm that's the reason we're here right now. That's the yeah. reason the rooster exists is because at a young age, I got to go to a concert and I got to experience what live music felt like. Yes. And mm -hmm. I, I and oh. I've been chasing that my entire life. I've I been to hundreds of shows. Yeah. And so much so that, that I decided I'm going to open a venue because I want to see live music yeah. the rest of my life every night. And we thank yes. you for that. No yeah, we do. And, it's, I mean, and not, to, not to flip everything on its head, but like first show, mine was freaking Boston. Nice. 38 special. Oh, like that was my first in the flesh, in the lawn, Boston doing third stage live. And I'm like, I just can't. 
You're in heaven. There's no words. Yeah. The like energy, the energy that, that's pumping through your body, yeah. the, the the energy off the crowd coming off the stage. And just then the next day, you're just indescribable. Like, where did it go? I wandered. Back. <laughs> yes. that, they, they, the bug was um, Hailstorm has that song where the, the rock show song. Yeah. Where yeah, she's yeah. sitting there saying like you you like you get bit by that bug and you hear that the you hear the 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 bass drum the kick of the bass drum like a heartbeat and stuff like that like. It's true. It's so like true. Like people that don't know the song or don't right. or don't care enough about the lyrics, like listen to it. That is how every rock and roller ever has felt that one time. Yeah, we could end the show right now. <laughs> you sorry. just said I it just, all. Yeah, you really that's did, great. man. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. I mean, that's why I picked it up, and I was like, guitar is a bit much for me. And I so my mom was like, try bass. She was a musician. She was a singer. Uh, so I grew up hearing her sing and do stuff. And she was like, "Pick up bass, try that out, and if you like it, you want to move on and do that." She, she bass is way me. funkier too. Yeah, I was 13, 14 years old, and she bought me a little PVP bass, little tiny, little squad, uh, just a little tiny PVP bass, white on white, cheap as it could be, and I used an old uh, four channel head of hers that she kept in this big giant stage monitor that she got to keep for when she was in a band, and that was my bass amp. Nice. And I would shatter the windows in the house, just just rattle them like crazy, and broke one one time. But yeah. <laughs> so when when you step so, on stage, do you do you do you envelop yourself into some of these other artists that you that you've uh, seen rock the bass over the years, or is, is it, when you step on stage, is is that you? Is that all you, or is it some influence from other people? A little bit here and there. I mean, when I was younger and dumber. Uh, I, there was one show at Amos and South End, only show we played at Amos and South End, the band I was in, and we had one song we played, Real Drop, what, Real Drop Heavy Tuning, it was a new metal style band, we're banging like Seven Dust and stuff like that, so we, you know, it's real killer, real heavy, real hard, and we had one song where we had the, that, that break drop, where everything stopped for that heartbeat and hit real hard, and I would kick up off my bass amp and spin around and land it. Every time I landed it, the one time it's on video, I go up in the air, the video cuts out, and I'm on my back on the stage having to finish the song. I'm too old for that mess now, but I get into it. I mean, I just it's it's just me when I play. Like I I, I don't I don't you know, there's no crazy flair, there's no nothing like that. If, if if you see me getting down and getting on it, it's me. It's all me. If if my head's down and I'm grooving and I'm on it, it's all me. I can't be anybody else but me. Sarah and Mark, what about your influences? I've seen Billy Idol in concert, like in the eighties. I've seen, yeah, I've seen Cheap Trick. I've seen Pink. I've seen Joan Jett. I've seen Jealous. Heart. Jealous. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot. I've seen Def Leppard and Tesla. I've oh. seen Rat and Bon Jovi on the eighth row in the eighties. Um, yeah. So if you could see the, the smile here. on Sarah's face right now. <laughs> But this is the part where she makes you jealous. I've seen with, Madonna. With the stuff she's got. See, like the, yeah. yeah. I'm I've a dude, and I'm like, I didn't I've ever see, see I saw the 2112 tour from Rush. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm old, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just an amazing album. It, 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 I'm not a huge Rush fan. So, I, I mean, I've got a lot of influences. Like, Pink is a really big one. Madonna's a really big one, obviously, because everyone wanted to be Madonna in the 80s. Um, you get into Lady Gaga? I love Lady Gaga. I do, too. I do. Started. She's a guilty pleasure for me. Yes. I like uh, Million Reasons. Um, I like Joan Jett. 
because she's got that growl. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I also like, you know, Maroon 5. I like a whole bunch of different stuff. She we went from... Sevenfold. Yeah, I like Sevenfold. a Sevenfold. I can go from My Chemical Romance to Vivaldi in my car. Nice. I just did that on the way here, though. And they were like, I mean, what? Yeah, it was total symphonic whiplash. It was really weird. It was awesome. <laughs> they both went... How about you, Mark? Yeah. So, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> um, so I when I started um, when I started playing guitar, so all of the uh, all the metal bands back in the eighties were it started with my influence. So it was the Scorpions, it was Judas Priest, um, it was Cinderella, it was Bon Jovi, it was everything Ozzy was doing at that moment. Um, I st- it was everything Motley Crue was doing at that moment. It was everything Rat was doing at that moment. But as Poison. I added, it was everything in Poison as well. And that, just to name a few. So as I as I got into playing, I discovered Randy Rhodes. Um, everything he did with Ozzy, and I, I listened to what he to the work that he did. And up to that point, I'd always liked, and I still do. I love a live album, Kiss Alive Two, Ozzy Osbourne tribute. Um, song remains the same, even as you know. Th- there's versions of the recording that are better than others, but the song remains the same. Um, I discovered Led Zeppelin just through that album, um, and after that, th- that was you know my primary influences or anything Jimmy Page did, Led Zeppelin or the Yardbirds or uh, anything that uh, uh, that he did solo. So he you know he did the Death Wish soundtrack. Um, he did a single back in the '60s on his own. Um, absolutely love that stuff. Always go back to the live versions. I love the album versions. However, if I'm if I'm if, if I'm going to be influenced by something, it's always going to be the live version of a particular a particular song. That, that brings up an interesting question for me because <clears throat> I've been to a lot of shows, and there are bands that I've I've gotten I've heard their song on the radio, and I'll go buy their album, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then you go see him live. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you're we like, had that you feel cheated. Yeah. You feel yeah. cheated. You I know, know you're like, story. man, yeah. I thought these guys were good. But then I've also had the opposite experience as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen bands rock the house. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to go buy an album. Can I go buy the album. I pop it in my CD player. And I'm like, uh-huh. that's not what I just heard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I give you an example? Yes. Um, Weenie Roast, if you for anyone. I remember Weenie, Weenie Roast. Roast yeah. I went to one of the Weenie Roasts one year. I actually took my little brother. It was his first concert. And it was when Shine Down first came out and he got booed off the stage because he botched Magic. Oh and that was that was right that was right when forty five came you out. Cannot no. do that. You can't do that. And, but that was right when forty five came out and they were blowing up and he got booed off the stage in Charlotte. And anybody in the scene that knows if you get booed in Charlotte, it's real hard to come back from it. Yeah. But Three Doors Down played that show. And Crypt Knight had been on the radio. They had four or five singles after it. And it was, everybody's like, okay, it's Three Doors Down. They played every 25, 26 minutes on the radio. Those guys got up there, and I was a fan all over again. Like, I was, I've never seen a band better live than I've seen them play. And that I knew of that I'd never seen live before. Like it was just it was it was an unreal experience. This is a good question to end the show on. Before we'll wrap it up in a minute, but let's go around the room. Josh, you too. What's the best live show you've ever seen? Just blew your wig off. Uh, 
Breaking Benjamin, uh, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, and uh, Stone Sour. It was a really good oh, three man, years what ago. a great lineup. It was, yeah, and Corey, I love Corey and Stone Sour, and Break- I'd never seen Breaking Benjamin before, and I've been a fan since way before Diaries of Jane was out. And Same here. Can't get it, yeah, I can't get enough of it now. Yeah. Like, that was horrific. That's what they opened with, and it stopped my heart from beating. It was nice. great. Sarah, best show you've ever seen? Death Leopard. Hands down. Ozzy Metallica 86 with Metallica opening and Cliff Burton on bass. You're like the 18,000th <laughs> person that has told me they were at that tour, and I'm just so jealous. Yeah, I had a chance. Uh, Poplar Creek Music Theater. Uh, I, I yeah. still have the ticket, actually. I have the ticket in the tour program. It was uh, like August of 86. He will make you sick with number three. August of 86. Um, at, um, it was just Metallica went out there and just... And I had never seen Metallica up to that point, and I was like, and I my jaw just hit the hit the hit the cement. I was like, wow, amazing! They just absolutely destroyed that stage in a good way, and we were we were totally deaf by the time Ozzy came out there. And this is with uh, he had Jakey Lee as his guitar player, and um, Randy Castillo, who who since passed uh, on drums, um, and he put on an amazing show as well. And I've got hands down that's that was my favorite show. Josh, best show you've ever been Probably to? Probably the best show I've ever been to was when Cool in the Gang opened up <laughs> for Van Halen. Okay. Oh, and, wow. Uh, wow. The entire nice. stadium, the entire stadium was completely empty when Cool in the Gang did their entire set. Really? It, oh, was, it, was, it was a travesty. I like because that band. I, I wasn't too familiar with Cool in the Gang at the time. I, you know, I'd heard a, a few of their songs you know, on the radio and, and some of the songs that I'd played while I was DJing, you know, say a wedding or something. You know, an older couple said, comes up and asks for a Cool in the Gang song. Sure. Uh, as they continued to play their set, I, I began to realize that I was more familiar with Cool in the Gang than I had originally thought. And when Van Halen came on, we took that opportunity while the stadium was completely empty to slip down and get a much better seat for Van Halen. And Van Halen came in and rocked the house. This was back when uh, Eddie's son actually jumped in and started playing bass with them okay. on a couple of shows. Okay. So we got to see... Alex Van Halen, Wolfgang Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen, wow. and David Lee Roth okay, up there, wow. just still doing cartwheels at sixty years old, just just rocking the place. You're it was it was phenomenal. Awesome, that's very cool. I forgot to say, I went and saw. I got to see Michael Jackson. Oh wow! I did get to see him. Well, for me, it's it comes down to two shows. It's really hard to differentiate because they were two very different experiences. The hardest I ever got rocked. And this isn't even my favorite band. I still love them, but Godsmack. Godsmack played in Charlotte. This was back in like 2001. And they they had the show the night before their show got canceled in Greenville, South Carolina. So they were honoring tickets in Charlotte to the Greenville show. So the stadium, the basketball stadium in Charlotte, was packed from the floor to the ceiling. Wow. Wow. And the openers were DMX. Wow. Right? DMX and then Limp Biscuit, right. which at the time this was before Limp Biscuit became what they are now. <laughs> Limp Biscuit was still kicking it, right? And then God, by the time Godsmack took the stage, the place was packed, and they just came out and put an energy into the crowd that I had never felt before. Mind you, I'm, I'm early twenties at the time. I, I mean, my I was there with my cousin, and, and Right in the middle of their set, we just looked at each other. Was like, I looked at him. Was like, can you feel that? He was like, yeah. You could just, there was an energy in that room. I, I still, I haven't felt that yet since. 
Now, the other show was probably the most emotional I ever got at a show, and that was when I went and saw The Flaming Lips. Oh, wow. The Flaming Lips, if you've never heard of or if you've never seen The Flaming Lips, I highly recommend that you take some time to listen to their music. If you ever get a chance to see them live, you should go. That band puts out an energy that is just so infectious and so full of love. It's, you know, you almost want to cry. You feel so good when you see those guys live. So, sorry I couldn't pick one, but those were my two best shows. So, let's wrap it up with this. I want you to tell our audience, where can people find more Shadow's Edge? Direct them where you want people to go. Tell them where to find more information on you guys. So if you're looking for Shadow's Edge music, you're going to go to Django.com and search on Shadow's Edge. And you're going to find current versions of all our songs. Uh, We're also actually on iTunes um, and we're also on Spotify. Rock and roll. Josh, anything to say before we wrap? That about does it for me. (laughs) Cock-a-doodle-doo. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. We really appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Shadow's Edge, and this is another episode of Rooster Radio.